The Startup to Scale Up Game Plan is brought to you by Alpina Search, Europe's premier talent search firm, dedicated to helping technology startups and scale-ups recruit high-impact executives. Now over to your host, Gary Riemann. My guest today is Ava Valerie Geffrey, CEO and founder at Morpheus, who are on a mission to become the pioneer in AI driven VC investments. Now they use a data and technology driven approach to reduce human error and bias and make investments more accurate, transparent, and inclusive. So uh, Ava, welcome to the Startup to Scale Up Game Plan. Thank you for having me, Gary. Now Ava, I'd like to go back in time, two or three years. What were you doing before you launched the company and, and how did you come up with the idea of launching a quant VC? I'm a behavioral scientist from my background. So I studied behavioral science and also advanced information systems. And I've always worked in, I'd say, the Berlin-based uh, startup scene, right? So I've uh, actually launched my first own company when I was still a student. We had a, a marketing event agency and um, through different events for most of the larger startups in Berlin, right? And uh, also did some marketing strategies there. And uh, that was exciting. But it was something we did, you know, during university. And then we switched very quickly into, I would say, more digital work and sold that first company. Um, and then I worked for a while, um, you know, in data, um, as a data analyst in various pre-seed early stage startups. I've also had a position in marketing and a fintech for quite some while. And then, um, yeah, as you mentioned, like two years ago, we started the idea of Morphize. I mean, one, because we've always been very involved in the startup scene. So I've always been, you know, close to entrepreneurship, but at the same time, also close to venture capital. From a behavioral scientific perspective, VC is a super interesting, I would say, field. And because you have an asset class or an industry that is highly manual, meaning that there is um, a pool of decision makers who invest loads of money based on their intuition and gut feeling. And now this is where, you know, a lot of biases inevitably come into play. And then at the same time, it's, a, it's an asset class that has, I would say, that is responsible for also delivering returns, right? So the question of how can you use data and technology to increase performance in venture capital in this asset class was something that came into our mind very, very quickly when we looked into that. Which stages of the investment, the VC investment value chain does Morphize actually contribute to? From investment screening, hiring, mentoring, team building, et cetera, or, or all of the above and, and even more? Yeah. So, I mean, what we do is, you know, we build a quant VC fund, right? So we actually develop technology and we try to enrich every step of the value chain of the investment decision-making process, right? So it starts at the um, sourcing, how can you use technology to actually find and identify any company that's out there and that has a digital footprint? That's number one. So you're not dependent anymore only on the network, but you can also you know, increase visibility of startups that's, that in pre-seed that are out there. So we're looking at pre-seed at the moment. Then the later you go in stages, so if you go into um, later stage um, situations, then what is more important is the screening aspect, right? So how can you identify talented um, entrepreneurs based on various criteria? So for example, 
at the pre-seed stage, you look into founding teams' backgrounds, right? What's their education? What's their experience? What's the team set up? And you use technology to support human decision-making to make a more objective um, investment decision here. It's not a mere algorithmic investment approach, but it's combining these two sources of knowledge, right? The human and the machine one to make better investment decisions. And then the later you go, there's things like traction, right? So can we measure traction um, of startups that are already more established? Can we identify um, the winners out there based on user-generated content, based on sentiment analysis and so on and so forth. I'm not sure if this actually answered your question, um, but I just wanted to make sure because we don't offer this as a SaaS product, right? So it's not a product that we offer to VCs at the moment. Talk to me about diversity and the impact that your platform and your fund has on diversity and, and addressing some of the issues around diversity in tech and in VC. So I'm super excited to give you an answer to that question. But before diving into diversity, I think it's really important to understand that I or we strongly believe that diversity is a logical consequence of making talent-based decisions. So if you allocate capital as a VC into the most talented founders, the logical consequence is that you will have a diverse set of founding teams if you are able to identify talent and not focus only on your network, for example, or on sympathy. Because the hypothesis we have at Morphize is that talent or entrepreneurial talent out there is equally distributed, but it's the access to capital that isn't. And now this is where diversity comes into play, right? So as a behavioral scientist, I look into that industry and I see a pool of a very homogeneous pool of decision makers. 90% of VCs are male, I think roughly 75% of them are white, and most of them studied at very similar universities. Now, as humans, we are prone to biases whenever we make decisions based on our gut feeling. And as I mentioned before, VC is one of the industries where there's no quantifiable metrics. And that's crazy already. If you look into any other asset class, there's like, think about insurance. Think about walking to your insurance manager and saying, you know, I want this insurance. And he looks at you and says like, well... I think you're too risk-taking. My gut doesn't you know, support this. No, this will never happen. You will have a risk management to make, this, or to make this decision in any other asset class, but you don't have any quantifiable risk management in venture capital. Um, this is the starting point, and I think that's very important for me to say, um, for what we do. So we want to develop more objective, more quantifiable decision metrics. And we strongly believe that the consequence of this is a more diverse um, investment portfolio. And yeah, but what I mentioned before is that the fact that there's a homogeneous pool of decision makers leads to a very homogeneous pool of entrepreneurs. And that's the crazy thing. 90% of VCs, it's sort of like mirroring it. 90% of VCs are also, you know, male. Most of them, I think 1% of them are black. And that is pretty much mirroring the um, situation. Now, there's one reason or one specific bias that leads to this. That's the so-called similarity bias. So we love to work with people who are like ourselves, right? We love to swim with the same fish, if that's something you can say in English. And that is something very human and it makes sense in a lot of social settings. It doesn't make sense if your responsibility as an investor is 
to maximize or the return rate, you know, of the of the funds you have. So it is not objective and it is also not economical to use subjective metrics for decision making here. I also think that if, you know, we um, achieve a more diverse investment um, strategy with the help of technology, right, by debiasing our decisions, we're also able to um, achieve, you know, a more diverse solutions for our societies. And I think that's something in the long term that we're working towards. In a lot of other fields, I hear issues, challenges people have with creating algorithms that aren't themselves somehow biased because the people that are programming the algorithms, even if they're not explicitly aware of it, will be carrying certain biases. We all do. We're all subject to to this implicitly, explicitly. We might not be aware of it, but it affects each and every one of us. So how do you ensure that your data and technology-driven approach truly encourages diversity and, and, and doesn't succumb to the same issues that, say, some of the social networks are having with their algorithms being impacted by the, the biases of the people that are creating the algorithms? Yeah, super important question. And I think a question that we could actually have a whole session about and that has to be approached. So you are absolutely right. Um, if we look into data um, of or historical data of um, investment decisions, right, of venture capital, then and then we build models based on this data, we will inherently, uh, the, the, the data itself is inherently biased. So we will reproduce the bias and have a very discriminatory AI if we go this way, right? So it's, it's the same, I think, in recruiting, actually, where you're an expert in. If you look only at past decisions and you want to predict future success, looking at the data from the past, you will be pretty discriminatory in your selection. Now, um, the question here is how can we build models that insert or that sort of do not only focus on this historical data, that's something that a lot of machine learning models do, but how can we use approaches and we use mathematical approaches to insert or to induce um, knowledge from, from our present? So, for example, we work a lot with Bayes or Bayesian frameworks where um, we have hypotheses uh, or hypotheses such as the probability to found a successful startup is independent of gender. Now, I think most people would agree with that, but most people or most in decision makers do not take this into account knowingly or unknowingly when they make the decisions. So what we try is we, we work a lot with researchers, we work with psychologists, we work with universities to really be on top of the time when it comes to research, right? So really understanding what is the latest research here? Do we have data, maybe less amounts of data about various aspects such as the success of more diverse uh, founding teams or the success of female founding teams? And how can we form uh, or formulate um, hypotheses that then we induce into our models? So it's a hybrid approach, I would call it. That's to sum that up, and I, I completely agree with you, is still prone to biases somehow because it's a hypothesis that we use here. But we collect data over time then to falsify or verify our, our, our hypothesis. And if we see that data doesn't support what we believe in over time, then we adjust it. And as an entrepreneur, 
and a VC, because in a way you're you're both having launched your own fund and your own you know technology platform to a couple of years ago. What have been your biggest learnings and takeaways so far? My biggest learnings and takeaway as an entrepreneur. I mean, I would say that one thing I learned is entrepreneurship takes stamina. So you have to really stick to what you're doing. You really have to stand up every time when uh, it's less easy. And I think it's a roller coaster. So there's ups and downs. And probably every entrepreneur I know, at least, can, uh, can uh, agree on that. And uh, it's about stamina and, you know, sticking to what you do and sticking to your vision. So that's the second thing. You need to have a vision, obviously, right, of where you want to be in the future. What do you want to achieve with the company you're building? And very much in line with that or associated to that is you must have some degree of passion about what you do, right? So, I mean, if you love what you do, it's easier to have that stamina, And if you choose something where uh, you actually don't actually like the content or your daily work, then maybe that's not the perfect situation for you as an entrepreneur to be in. Yeah, and then I think one, one thing more operatively that I've learned as an entrepreneur, specifically developing a technology that is so early and also, you know, so pioneering, as you mentioned it in the beginning, you have to go out to really out of your garage and really onto the street to get feedback and um, to really prove your product in some sort of way. So what I like to describe this in a metaphor is it's like building a car, right? You can sit in your garage and there's a lot of people like engineers building this car and you really think you build like the strongest engine ever and the best car ever. And you can spend a lot of time there, but it only becomes a car if you go out and drive it on the street. By driving on a street, it's a car. So don't spend too much time in the garage and go out there and uh, get feedback and then go back to the garage, right? So I think that's a learning I had. Okay, that's a nice, that a nice metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> that point about passion and perseverance, obviously it's going to be something you'll look for in the people you invest in and also the people you, you hire for your, for your own team. So, but talking from the investing perspective, how do you assess a potential portfolio company's um, founding team from a passion and, and um, perseverance perspective? Can you, can you do that via data and analysis or is that more kind of a human subjective assessment? Also a very good question and a question we talk a lot about at Morphize. So I think there's certain personality uh, traits that are not easy to detect with technology. Passion is something, for example, of course you can make questionnaires and you could have them as a part of your selection process, right? So if a startup applies at Morphize for funding, um, actually one of the promises we make is that within a short amount of time, so within a couple of days, we give them feedback about our decision, right? So besides the technology approach, what is very at core at Morphize is that we want to be startup-centric. We don't see ourselves as a um, or, or we see ourselves as a, as, a, as a product for startups in some sort of way, right? I mean, it's a very competitive market at the moment. And um, we really want to build the best product for our startups. So um, that being said, um, to, for example, assess 
um, passion, what you could do is you could have a yeah, personality test when you have startups apply. But you cannot build models on that because they would be, I mean, A, there's too little data in the past. So you will not have any sort of regression model or anything like that that is in some sort of way functioning. And B, it has a lot of potential to also be discriminatory. So what we do is we have metrics that our investment managers look at when startups apply. So they assess, for example, we have a department of behavioral science and psychology, and here we develop how can we assess passion, how can we assess drive, for example, in a conversation, right? What are sort of checkboxes that are quantifiable to assess these traits? And we ask our investment managers to do that so that over time we can A, measure their behavior and potentially detect bias in our own investment manager's behavior. But at the same time, we also collect data over time when it comes to that. Cool. Okay. Let's talk about the future. What's your vision for the future? You're still relatively early in your own growth journey. So how will Morphize evolve over the next three to four years? So, I mean, we're in the process of launching our first fund right now. So it's going to be a 30 million fund and it's going to be focusing on pre-seed. The vision actually, and that's also why we build this technology platform, right? We build it for a set of our own funds. So the vision is really to have this as a proof of concept fund. And I guess we're in a very great position here, right? I mean, a lot of first-time funds um, have, I would say, a team and potentially a strong track record. And we are in the position that, we don't only have an investment team, right? We have a marketing team, we have a behavioral science team, we have a tech team, we have a product. And this all together supports us in really making a strong investment decisions. Then actually raise a second fund, right? In two, three years from now, and then raise a fourth fund and then raise and so on and so forth. So I guess the vision is pretty, pretty large here, but I very much believe, and that's why we do Morphize, that technology will shape this industry, not only in terms of accuracy, right, and also return rates, but also in terms of then more diverse investment decisions. And it's, in the end, it's not an equilibrium game, right? It's a comp like venture capital is a complex system. So behavior will only change if there's um, a couple of pioneers out there. And I I'm sure you, I've, I've seen you talked to a couple of them already who are bold enough to make for example, more diverse investment decisions. And then they prove that return rates here are as strong or even stronger than in other funds. And that's also why our vision is really to build venture capital on scale. And that's why we invest so much at the moment into the technology so that all the processes we have can be scaled. They are not dependent on only a couple of human decision makers, but they are also dependent on technology. And that they, you know, we can go into different countries, we can enter different markets. And it's not a big thing for us because the technology can adjust or is already built up in a way that it has the data from these different markets. Who are the people who've inspired you in the world of startups or the world of venture capital? Also a great question. In the world of startups and venture capital, I've been very lucky that I, as I mentioned before, I was able to see a lot of entrepreneurs when being a student, right? So I was surrounded by some of the more renowned and really successful founders in the Berlin startup sphere. And not only men, but also uh, really a lot of strong women 
who went out there and founded their companies. And that has been super inspiring. So I would say within my um, own network and within the network of my friends, I've gained a lot of inspiration. Um, and at my partner, for example, is also, also an entrepreneur. So he's also raised large amounts of venture capital. He's not on the VC side, but on the, on the startup side, but for 10 years already. So um, I think those are the people that inspired me the most. And then I also have some friends in venture capital who are great role models to, to me and uh, who I get a lot of inspiration from. Awesome. Well, you've been uh, inspiring a lot of people with your ideas today, no doubt. So thank you so much for uh, joining me, Ava, sharing your vision for a more diverse and more data-driven future for uh, venture capital in Europe and, uh, and maybe maybe beyond. And uh, I look forward to um, watching your your journey. Maybe when you're launching Fund Two or Fund Three, we can have a follow up a follow up interview. But for now, I wish you and the team huge success. Thank you so much, Gary. This episode of the Startup to Scale Up Game Plan was brought to you by Alpina Search. Head over to www.alpinasearch.com for advice on scaling your technology startup and recruiting high impact senior talent. 